1: Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today.
2: Today, we come to one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. I don't say that lightly. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, then I want to speak to you on the subject of lifting up the word of God. Paul, everybody say Paul, Paul was the one that wrote this letter. Paul was in prison, a dark, damp dungeon in the city of Rome. And he decides to write a letter to a young man named, you can guess his name, his name is Timothy. And so he writes a couple of letters. We're looking at the second letter that he wrote. But as you read through, you realize that Paul doesn't have much longer to live here on this earth. And he decides to write a letter to this young man that he had mentored, that he had discipled. In the course of this letter, Paul tells young Timothy, he said, Timothy, mark this, write this down, pay attention. There will be terrible times now, he's in prison writing this, but he's letting Timothy know that there's going to be terrible times. Everybody say, terrible times. There's going to be terrible times in the last days. But he's saying, Timothy, I want you to take over, take this word that I've been preaching for which I'm imprisoned. And I want you, Timothy, to hold this book high. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. He says in verse 15, from infancy, Timothy, since you were just a little baby, you have known, you have been taught the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You see, he lifts up the word of God because the word of God points people to Jesus. And he says, Timothy, these scriptures, the word of God, this book is the most important document on the face of this earth. And then we come to verse 16. This is our key verse. Are you ready? He says, Timothy, I want you to know, don't ever forget this, that all Scripture is God-breed. It is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. There are four things, four major points. I want you to write these down. Number one, he's telling Timothy that the Bible is inspired, that all Scripture, all of it, Is what he calls God breathed. It says that all scripture, this book, is the very breath of God. It means that the origin of scripture is God Himself. Second Peter chapter 1, look at these words. It's very, very important. It says that prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. No prophecy was ever written by the will of man. No, rather man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, it was the Holy Spirit of God that directed and moved and, and, and touched and guided man to write these words. Now they were written down by a man, but the ultimate author was God. God breathed, God led, God inspired. Theopneustos, God wrote, inspired these words. Yes, the Word of God is inspired. But because it comes from God, you have to understand this, because this comes from God, number two, write this down, the Bible is infallible. In other words, it's true. It's trustworthy because it came from God. Anything God says can be trusted. It's just the opposite of Satan Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. God, on the other hand, is truth. So if God is saying something, you can trust him. The Bible says in these words look at these words in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. It says that every word of God is flawless, it's perfect. If the Bible says something about worship or praise or honoring your parents or loving your neighbor, or there's something in here about giving of tithes or something about lying or stealing or being transformed, or if there's something in here about communion or something in here about baptism or whatever the subject is, if you read it in the Bible, it's absolutely true. So, we come to this verse in 2 Timothy 3.16 that tells us that the Word of God is inspired god breathed it is divine is infallible and it can be used for four things i want you to write them down as quickly as you can it's simple but write them down it's useful for teaching rebuking correcting and this phrase training in righteousness and so this process of the word of god with the holy spirit this this flawless perfect inspired word of god is what helps grow you and mature you into being more like Jesus Christ. So it's critical that you live your life according to this book and not according to Hollywood. And number three, write this down. The Word of God is sufficient. Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 31, think about this. Jesus said, Heaven and this earth, this earth that you're on right now, one day this whole planet will disappear. But my words from Genesis chapter 1 to the last verse in the book of Revelation will never pass away. These words are eternal. Jesus also said in Matthew 4 4, he said, It is written that man does not live on bread alone. You think you've got to have physical food? No, you don't live on just physical food you live on every word that comes out of the mouth of god this is how you live i heard this lady she went to a pet store and she bought a parrot and and she was told the parrot will talk so she takes the bird home he he don't say nothing so she comes back the next day and she says to the pet owner hey hey he he didn't say one word Uh, the pet store owner goes did you buy a mirror no well, you got to buy a mirror. Why do I need a mirror? Well, because if you put the mirror in the cage, the bird will look over and see the other bird and start talking. So she buys the mirror. Comes back the next day, and she says, he still hadn't said a word. And the pet, the pet store owner said, well, did you, did you happen to buy a ladder? No. Well, you got to buy a ladder. Well, why do I need a ladder? Well, you get the bird, put the ladder in the cage, the bird starts climbing up and down the ladder. So he gets all going, exercise, he's going, he starts talking. So she buys a ladder comes back the next day says but he still had, the parrot still had not said a word and he goes well did you buy us did you happen to buy a swing when you bought that that parrot no well why do i need a swing well you know if you get you get swinging in that cage I, you start swinging you start singing he'll start talking so she buys the she buys a swing comes back the next day she's sad she says the parrot died just a story Said, said, the parrot died. And he goes, oh, oh, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he goes, hey, hey, ma'am, can I ask you, did he say anything before he died? Did he say anything? She said, well, he did say one thing before he passed. He said, what was it? He said, right before he died, he said, hey, lady, did they sell bird seed up there at the store? We'll have to explain that to some of you later. (laughs) But do you know that we're just like that parrot? Say, preacher, I don't understand. How are we like a parrot? Well, first of all, we spend most of our time every day just looking in a mirror. And then a lot of us work on our golf swing, most of us are trying to climb up the ladder. We do everything but the one thing that is most essential in our life. And that is a steady, regular diet of the infallible, inspired, sufficient Word of God. One of our biggest problems as a nation, we have no reverence for God's Word. It's just another book. It's just another book up there on the bookshelf. And an even greater problem are Christian people who care more about what Dr. Fauci says than what God's Word says. We care more about what Kim Kardashian says than God's Word says. We care more about what our horoscope says. We care care more about what the flesh wants than what god's word says and even if we're here in church and we have some reverence uh, there's some value yeah the word of god's kind of important the problem is that we as christians when we read this and we come to something that we don't like we take some scissors we're christians I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but this book, there's just some portions of it, I just don't want to do that, so we cut it out. It's like we cherry pick. So if God's Word clearly states that life begins at the moment of conception, that that is a human being, there are many people who say... There are Christian people who say, well, I know that's what the Bible says, but I got my own opinions on these things. Your opinions don't matter if they're different than what God's Word says. The Bible makes it very, very clear that a marriage is a union between a man and a woman. Yeah, 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 but I, you know, I know, I know, listen, I I know that's what the Bible says, but I believe that there's other possibilities. The Bible makes it very clear that we're to love others as we love ourselves. Yeah, I know we're supposed to love everybody, but there's some people I just can't, I just don't get along with. The Bible makes it very clear that salvation is found only through Jesus Christ, that he's the only way to get to heaven. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but I just think that God's going to let some of us in that don't really believe that. The Bible makes it very clear that we as Christians are to live holy and pure lives. Oh, I know that's in the Bible. I, Pastor, I just can't help myself. And besides, you you should not be judging me. We as believers no longer believe that this book is in the very inspired words of God, that they are infallible, that they are flawless, that they are sufficient enough. And so we just kind of create, we believe it, but we kind of come up with our own standard of truth. Charles Spurgeon was a preacher in the 1800s. He said, I would recommend you either believe God's word up to the hilt or else don't believe it at all. Believe this is God's book, all of it, every letter of it, or else just reject it altogether. Don't try to live in between there somewhere. In other words, jump all in, know that it's true, live your life accordingly, or reject it altogether and just go live your miserable life. But it can't be one or the other. I mean, it can't, it has to be one or the other. So then you come over to chapter four. Let me read this quickly. Paul then says this to Timothy in chapter 4. He says, In the presence of God and in the presence of Christ Jesus, who will one day judge the living and the dead? And in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge, Timothy. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct. Rebuke and encourage oh 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 with great patience and careful instructions for the time will come where men will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear and the people will turn their ears away from the truth And turn aside to myths. Oh, we're living that day and age. I will tell you, there's there's not a weekend here at this church where someone doesn't get up and walk out because they're upset with something that, that they heard. If I preach on any sin, I don't care what the sin is. If I preach on any sin, someone gets up and walks out in disgust. And I always know, huh, that's their sin. (laughs) Because they don't want to hear the truth. If I preach a message on the sanctity of human life, people get up and walk out. If I preach on the subject of hell, which is in the Bible, someone gets up and walks out. Doesn't matter. I want you to know that when you walk into this church, that this church is not a politically correct church, but this is a biblical correct church. And as we close, write this down, write this down. This Bible is just, it's just a book of blessings. Oh, I know we're going to be corrected. We're going to be rebuked. We're going to be shown where we're off track, But I'm telling you, if you read this book, there is nothing but blessing in your life. I believe that one of the reasons why God's hand of blessing is upon this church is because week after week when you come to this church, we ask you to open up your Bibles and we study the Word of God. It's why God has blessed this church. i have an article i have an article up here uh public school you know when you go to school you have to line up certain times of the day you have to line up for you go places and this kid was standing on the end of the line he was last somebody's got to be last you line up everybody line up there's someone at the last and the teacher was walking by and saw the kid at the end of the line and the teacher goes hey the last shall be first and the first shall be last and the teacher said, "Hey, hey, hey! The last shall be first." Well, he didn't know what that means. And the boy asked the teacher, "Like, What, what is that? The last shall be first. What is, what is that? If you've never heard it before, what is that? The last shall be first." And, and the teacher said, it, it, "It's a Bible verse. I, it, it's a where he goes. It's in the Bible. The Bible, yeah, it's in the Bible." And the t- and the boy said, "Can you show it to me?" He goes, "I don't have a Bible." so the teacher went and got his bible and came back and showed the student the bible verse where jesus says that the last shall be first and the first shall be last it's the bible verse and the boy said i don't have a bible and the teacher said do you want mine he said yeah i'll take it and the teacher gave the boy his bible And when the school district found out that the teacher had quoted a Bible verse and given a Bible out, they fired the teacher. That's the world we're living in today. I am watching before my very eyes this nation go down the tubes. I'm watching it every day, the destruction of the United States of America. Not being bombed, we're not being bombed by other countries, but we are being destroyed from within you can tie the destruction of this country back to a particular year when we took bible reading and prayer out of the public schools and young lady you don't know this but there was a time where the bible was a textbook in public schools it was the book we didn't we didn't have books it was it was it was it was the book that we gave to kids to teach them how to read it was it what we weren't really teaching the bible we were teaching kids how to ride we were using the bible to teach kids how to ride how to read and write i remember seeing the ten commandments on the walls of my elementary school and i remember the year they took them off the walls i came back they were gone And the day, the day we took Bible reading and prayer out of the schools, Satan moved in. And from that moment, this country made a turn. Now, it wasn't perfect back then. We had a lot of problems back then. But from that moment to this moment, this country has done nothing but go down the tubes. The Bible says in Acts 17, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians for the Bereans received the message with great eagerness and they examined the Scriptures every day to see if what the Apostle Paul said was true. We've got too many Thessalonians in this church. We've got people who come to church don't even bring a Bible with you. I want you to know that I don't, I don't stand up here to entertain you. I come up, I come up here to teach you this book. And I know it's on your phone that's modern (laughs) you need to get a old fashioned Bible so where do I get those Google Amazon dot use that ungodly company Amazon dot com do buy I need a Bible there'll be a million of them on there and they'll deliver it to your house Or you can go right here in the lobby, at the lobby, at the counter. We'll give you one or help you get one. And then you bring this book to church with you. And no matter who's preaching, whether it's me or a guest, you listen to every word and don't believe anything I say. I've said this to you. Don't believe anything I say just because I said it. Take every word that I say and you examine the scriptures and you ask yourself, is that what this is saying? Don't get up and walk out of here because you disagree with something that is said. Come down closer with the Bible so you can hear and take notes and discover for yourself whether or not what is being spoken is actually written and inspired by God himself Rather than you just being concerned about how you feel about things. And if you hear something you don't like, you're just going to get up and walk out of here. Be a Berean, not a Thessalonian. Study the word of God diligently, eagerly, willingly to make sure everything that is said comes from the word of God.
1: We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our website again is liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash Reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach.
3: We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing rediscover a simpler faith in our complicated world in this timely book pastor Dudley invites you to open your bible and look closely at seven key passages of scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase one thing these scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith Dudley rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters what if you could find that simplicity it's waiting out there and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything.
1: I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.